Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Wow, it feels, it's not freezing in here today. I can't believe it. Man. Anyways. Hey, uh, we've been doing a series. I thought, you know, I want to go one more week on this, on the uh, authority of good news. We need to hear more good news. But uh, we're going to look at God's word today on, on how that Jesus, he's the one who has the keys. And, and if you think about keys, keys are, are a sign of authority, the one who has the keys. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you today, Lord, Lord, on the timing that we're living in, that we know that you are our answer I don't know what someone's going through today. Father, you do. Lord, no matter what's happening, no matter what's taking place in our world, Jesus, you're still the answer. You're the authority. You're the one that is the good news that we need in our life. And so, Father, we are so grateful today that we gather in a place that we worship. And, Lord, this place of people is called the church. So, Father, you've given us good news through you. Lord, may we be encouraged through your word today. Thank you for the worship that we have been able to sing to you because we have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn to your Bibles today. If you have them, or you can look on the screen to, to, in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 16. You know, you don't hear this too much. Uh, on the main news, so I want to share a couple of things with you that is actually good news. And uh, if you didn't hear or not, there was a great uh, uh, law that was passed in Texas. I believe it's going also to the Supreme Court. Uh, and, and another pro-life uh, bill that was passed. And so, so grateful for that. And then also, if you saw in the news, if you remember... Uh, in the last year that we have talked as a church, especially a lot in leadership, about the, the church in California that actually was really was a forerunner, took a lot of heat for a lot of other churches that still kept meeting in Los Angeles called Grace Community Church. And uh, actually, the way it happened, uh, the pastor started preaching after a few months because he said, hey, we agreed to what the government said to do and waited even a couple months. And so he actually started preaching again, and few people showed up, more people showed up, didn't announce it week after week, and they actually run thousands of people before this. So they actually got back to where they were running thousands of people again without really any announcement. Anyway, so the city didn't like this, the state didn't like it, and they said again, if all these other places can be open, whether it's Home Depot or all these other places, why can't we be open? And so they fought with the city, they fought with the state, and this went on and on for really over a year, and it just came back again that uh, once and for all, the I believe, if I can say this right, the Supreme Court of California, if that's right in saying that, uh, you can look it up, ruled in the favor, not only in their favor that they were right all the way along. This is, I don't know how many rulings that they've had, but the good news also is 
the city and the state is going to have to pay all their, all their uh, attorney fees and is going to have to owe them thousands of dollars for what they've been through. Now, that's good news. We, we, we don't, we don't uh, I, I don't know probably that you didn't hear that anywhere. You know, you had to dig for that to actually see it. Uh, but it's out there on the news. Those are things that we can be thankful for, that, that this is a church that's up saying, hey, listen, we know that we're in the midst of, that, that this is not good what we've been through as a nation, but still we need to be able to give people hope. That's why we come together as a church. That's the good news. Well, as we look at God's word today, and he, and he gives the authority to his disciples, and the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 16, and I want to read down as we're going to look at today in verses 18 through 19. Jesus is speaking. He's talking about the church will be built upon him. He will give the authority to his disciples to go preach the good news of who Jesus is. And he says these words in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock, meaning himself, meaning Jesus, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We'll talk about that for a minute. I want to talk about the keys for just a minute. We've all experienced this. You're in a hurry trying to go somewhere you can't find your keys we've all experienced that and you're frustrated you run around you finally find them how about if you ever grabbed the keys and you got in a vehicle and they're the wrong keys I know you've done that you just don't want to admit it but you have done that we've all done that and it's the wrong keys right I don't care what you try and do those keys don't fit that vehicle no matter what we try and do, what, what the Lord in the picture that he's trying to tell us today is those keys are, are, are only going to fit a survey. Do you remember? It's amazing to me. Do you remember you go back and you used to have to have a key made for your vehicle? I'm going way back. I know way back. But, you know, you, you could get three keys made for $5. Now, I'm going way back when I say that. Do you... Do you have you seen what, if you ask a dealership, you know somebody has a newer vehicle, how much a, a new key costs for, it's like $150 for a key. And, and uh, people lose those and, and they've got to get them replaced. It's like, wow, what, I mean, we got to be so careful, right? Because we don't want to lose those keys. What I don't want you to do today is know to try to take the keys of whatever, whatever you're trying to do to fit them in spiritually, however you're trying to fit in, it won't work. This is what's happened in our society today. We think that certain ways or certain people in political office, and yes, we need to vote and all those things, but if we do things a certain way, it's going to help spiritually. Jesus is saying, if you look to me, I hold the keys that you need. I will give you what you need in this life. And it's amazing how we look to everything else. What the Lord is telling us here, that what we're built on, our church, this church, any church that is Bible-believing is built on the truth of the gospel, which is good news. 
Now, the reason I want to make that so clear today is because if you and I try and get an answer today from the world, most of the time the world in this world today that we live in on the news that we watch, if you're not careful, is going to lie to you. Let me give you an example, which we don't like to talk about, but that's what we're living in. And I hope as long as I do this that I'm going to be able to share this in the right way about what we see in our society. What we saw in the last couple of weeks is horrible what we've seen in Afghanistan. Well, and we heard this told to us time and time again about whether they were wanting to get out of Afghanistan or whether they were American citizens, if you get to the airport, we'll get you out. Now, you all heard that this, this last couple weeks, right? But then you, we also heard the real truth is they can't get to the airport. How can they get out? But we were told that by the administration that you can, oh, no, you can, as long as, yeah, you can get there. They'll let you go get What I'm trying to get you to, to know today that be so careful of what you hear today. Because whatever that is, whatever key that you pick up, if it is not the truth, it is not from Jesus, and we try and fit it into our life a certain way, it's, it's going to let you down, it's going to disappoint you, and it won't work. And we try and fit it in, we're going to make it work no matter what we're doing. And, and God's saying, listen, it's not going to work that way. What I'm here to tell you today is the truth is always the same truth that doesn't change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he gives us in his word, he's telling Peter, he says, upon me, upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, upon what I'm telling you is true. And he continues to tell him, what I will do is unlock whatever that you need in this life through me. Many of you have faced, in this last year and a half, you've had to make decisions that you thought that you'd never have to make and what we're living in. And how did you make that decision? Think about that for a minute. You, you draw upon what? You draw upon what you know, upon what you hear, upon what you see, upon by input of other people, counsel of other people, people that you trust or people that you feel that are educated in it in a certain way, and you make a decision. What the Lord is telling us here today and why we gather here in this place to have church is that hopefully that through God's word that we're always going to hear the truth. And from that, you're going to be able to take what you have heard this week or what you're experiencing and the keys that Jesus gives you is going to unlock what you need to have unlocked and it's going to open the door. And life will be, I'm not going to say it's, it's going to be perfect but it's going to go a whole lot smoother when we base our life on Jesus Christ. When you read whatever you read or hear whatever you hear, I I remember someone told me years ago, I'll never forget this, before you read the article, go to the bottom of the article and see who wrote it. And there's a lot of truth in that. 
we need to take what we hear today and know that Jesus always has the keys. He's, he's always going to make your life easier because he's going to hand you what you need to open whatever it is or to lock whatever it is in your life. And if you and I look to him, he's going to do that. Know today, the, the world that we live in, that this book is God's word and it is doctrine and it is true and it is real and it still matters today. And to know that we want the answer, we look to God's word to lock or unlock that door. And he's going to make our life. What, is, what does it do when you go to unlock the door? Well, it opens whatever you're trying to get it. What does it do when you lock the door? Think about it. You lock your doors because it gives you, Jesus does, spiritually, we look at it from it that way, gives us security. Now, again, if you can date yourself, you go back years and years again. Growing up, I can remember uh, many, many times growing up that we didn't lock the door at night. We just didn't lock the door. The door was open. I didn't have any keys to the house. I just went in the house. You, know, you didn't think about it. Yeah, you know, got out of your car. What did you do with the keys? I threw the keys on the driver's seat. Went back out wherever I was at, got the keys off the driver's seat and started a car and left. Then think about it. What is the world that we live in today? We need to know, you need to know, I need to know that in this bombardment of, of untruths and lies today that we still know that Jesus holds the keys. He's going to give us what we need to open and unlock and lock whatever doors it might be. And because of that, we can take a deep breath and know that we can still have joy because Jesus is in control of our life. Let's build on, on this in, in another, another verse. In Matthew chapter uh, 18, Matthew chapter 18 and in verses 18 through 20. Again, Jesus is speaking again, and it surely says to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you that if two or you agree on earth concerning anything that I ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. You know, we've never seen such a time that we have realize the importance and and but we did up to a year and a half ago take for granted what it meant to hey you going to church today yeah i'm going to you're going to go hey i'll see you sunday and we never we never thought it we'd see happen what we did the last year and a half and 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 now i really believe that we don't take that for granted that we gather together as church you know it's interesting i was watching a documentary I don't watch too much television. I was, it was on YouTube, and it was a history channel. I had a four-part documentary on the Hells Angels. And the first part on, was on how that they, they started as a, a, a gang or a group or whatever you want to say and what it turned into. And it kind of startled me. It said, and they have, they have weekly meetings, and we call our weekly meetings that we have to, to meet together and go everything. We call our week, weekly meetings church. The Hells Angels calls their weekly meetings church. Now, I want you to think about that on the way home. Maybe that'll click in a little bit more. It just doesn't make sense. But think about it. Now, I started thinking about this. I thought, now, here's the Hells Angels and thinking they still know some way, somehow, something spiritually is still happening in this world. 
And, they, and when they come together, they call that meeting church. Now, what, what I'm trying to say with that is that deep down, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, God has put eternity in the hearts of everyone. We know. We know whether or not we want to admit it, whether the world wants to admit it or not, that Jesus is the answer and that he holds the keys for whatever we need to unlock or lock in this world. And what he says is when you and I come together, I always want you to know, and I've always said this as us as believers, when you make a decision that you decide to come together as we come together today, how important it is. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, do not forsake. God is giving us a command, the assembling of yourselves together and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, I know what we've been through in the last year, and I, we've talked about so much how if you're compromised, or I'm not here to make anybody feel guilty, but I am saying if, if we can go and out to eat, we can go do things and pick things up at Lowe's or Home Depot, whatever we need to do, we can gather here. And what's so important is God's saying is something happens. God's telling us something unlocks for us as we come together and are even to much, don't forget, as you come together as believers through the week and you have conversations as a husband or as a wife or as brothers and sisters in Christ and you talk about things, that you can come to an agreement and God is going to give you an answer. He says he is there in the midst of us. He's here today. He's here today to give us an answer. Whatever your faith, you know, there are things that you're going through right now that you didn't know that you were going to go through even last Sunday. That's what's so important, that we come together to hear that Jesus, the one who has the ultimate authority of good news, holds in his hand the keys. And all we have to do is come to him, and he will either say, this is what I want you to do, or this is what I'm going to not do. And he gives us wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. He will show you what to do. And whatever it is, you can look at it as a spiritual key. And he gives that to you. And, 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 and he unlocks the door. And he makes life so much easier. He tells us right there in his word. He gives us a promise. You say, Dallas, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I, I'm not even sure how to, how to pray sometimes. You know what the book of Romans tells us? Even when we don't know how to pray sometimes, God knows our hearts. And he hears our spirit. That's why we feel like, man, I don't know if the Lord can, is going to answer, you know, the Lord's going to answer my prayer. You know, I've done this or I've done that or these certain things have happened in my life. That's where his mercy and his grace comes in. That's where your success comes in as a believer to know it doesn't depend on you on what's going to happen. He's going to give you the keys to unlock or he'll keep locked to keep you secure on whatever it is going on in your life. You can't lose when you go to the good Lord. You can't lose. He's the ultimate authority that we forget many times in this life. The good news is we know as Jesus is our Savior 
that we can't lose. Remember what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the, the Hebrew young men, they changed their name when they went to Babylonian captivity and they didn't fall down and worship who the king said to worship in that day. They said, okay, you're going to die because of that. I said, well, all right, we're going to say this as respectfully as we know how to say it. Whether we live or whether we die, it doesn't change who we believe in. Why is that? It's because we know this life is, is like a vapor. We know that we're only here for a, a, a certain amount of time. And that being said, that, that we're flying through this life, and no matter what is going to happen, the ultimate authority, God is still, listen to me, no matter what we see in our world today, God is still in control of your family, of your decisions, whatever it is that you have to make this week. God is going to give you the wisdom that you need. He's going to give you that key that you need. It's unbelievable. If you ever had this happen, you don't know what's going to happen. And we're going to look at this last verse in just a minute. And you're not sure what to do. And all of a sudden, the last second, the Lord gives you the answer. Now, let me ask you another question. Why in the world did we worry? Did we fret? Overall, that we did. I'll share with people, and they're not sure what's going to happen. All these different things are thrown at me, and I, and I say, hey, let's take a deep breath. And I always share this, with my, share this with my kids over the years, too. No doesn't always mean no. In other words, when the Lord's involved, your answer could come a thousand different ways. And it can come in such a way that you and I thought, man, I, I can't believe the Lord has done that. See, if we look to the ultimate authority, he will always give us what we need, when we need it. He's going to open that door and he's going to close that door. And there's such a, a joy and a deep down peace knowing, okay, wait a minute. God's in control of this. I'm not in control. I want you to know today, no matter how much you and I think that we're in control of this life, we're not. Let's look at one more verse. I want you to look in one more verse that goes in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. You know, as you, read the, as you start to read the book of Revelation, it says God will bless you as you read this, this, this book. I believe he does in the whole word. But he's giving a specific joy that we can have as we, if we read the book of Revelation. And, and he says in the first part of, of Revelation, God holds, Jesus holds the keys to death and to hell and to the grave. He holds the keys. He's got them. In other words, if we look to the good news and we know that no matter what happens, I know I'm going to heaven. God's in control. He's going to give us the answers that we need. There is a way that we live in this world that other people are not experiencing. Revelation chapter 3 and verses 7 through 8. Revelation chapter 3 and verses 7 and 8. And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things I say, he who has holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, but you have kept my word and have not denied my name. 
You know, as a believer, no doesn't always mean no. That door is always open. And there is a peace about that to knowing, you know, you didn't get this job you wanted to get. God's got a better job for you. I, I honestly believe. And it, it might not happen in the time that you think it's supposed to happen. But I'll tell you this. If you lie and you, you manipulate and you do all these things to get that, whatever it is you want to get, you're the one that always has to keep that door open. Another lie, another this, another that. To keep that. When, when Jesus opens the door, there is a peace that knowing, you know what? God's in control of my life. And no matter what, how hard a hit that you've been hit in this life, God is saying, you go my way. There is a way that it's going to happen in this life that I'm going to give you more peace and more joy in the long run than you could ever experience than how you could get in the short run by trying to unlock it with your own key. Remember what I said to begin with? We grab the wrong key. No matter how hard we try, the car won't start. God wants to do something great in your life. And if something is difficult that's going on right now, know the ultimate authority that you see him, that you know him, that you experience his presence. When you experience his presence, you experience to know that the miracles still happen today. And they will through him. You know, I was reminded of, 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 of something I experienced growing up when I was reading this last verse and preparing for the message today. And knowing that God is in ultimate control and he has the keys no matter what's happening. Uh, many of you know my dad was a pastor, but he was just as much as a pilot, or if I can say a missionary pilot, as he was a pastor. And he would fly uh, different planes all over the world for different organizations. And many times he would leave those planes on the mission field and he would take a commercial flight home or he'd take all kinds of different things to people in the uh, jungles of South America, to Mexico, to Alaska. I remember one time he says, hey, I'll see you in a couple of days. He's got all his flight plans laid on the floor in the, in the, in the family room that we had. And I, I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, the, uh, the church bought this plane for uh, missionaries in Alaska, and it was a little single-engine Bonanza plane, if that means anything to his pilot. But anyways, he said, I'm going to fly it up and drop it off up in Alaska because if, if you know anything about Alaska, it's just that's the way you get many times from village to village is, is just by plane. He said, oh, I've seen a couple of days. I'm going to fly this plane up. I'll be back. I'm like, I didn't think of anything about it. So he's taking that little plane. He used to laugh. He said, you could, you could actually fly some of the planes you used to fly. And you could see the cars on the freeway going faster than what you could fly. <laughs> and so he dropped that little single-edged plane. So anyways, we're flying somewhere. So it's just Chuck didn't go. He was a lot older. I, I was in... in um, so he was still here, and so I was younger, and I had to go everywhere, you know. With, you know, my older brother didn't have to go, but anyways. So we're flying. Dad's preaching somewhere, and through the Lawson Foundation, I always wanted to make just so grateful. The, the Lawson Foundation, which you know, if you remember growing up here, the Lawson stores, okay? Well, they were believers, and through the, the Lawson Foundation, they, they actually purchased uh, many planes, and this one plane that they actually purchased through their foundation that dad could fly all over where he'd preach in different places and mission fields and so forth. So uh, this was a twin-engine Aztec turboprop. So 
we got in, he was preaching somewhere. I don't even remember where, but I remember what happened. We're up in a plane. He's, we're up too high. And I think commercial flights, I think it's there like 30,000 feet and up. And then all the other planes are, are 20,000 or so. If you ever, if you were ever a pilot or if you ever know anything about flying, it is, the less you know, the better. Because uh, you would be amazed if you're circling around an airport, how many planes are actually circling the same time that you are. And it's just amazing to me how that all those planes are up in the air and they all come down and everybody's flying. Anyways, I don't want to get off track here. So we're up. We take off. He's preaching somewhere. We're up. And we're up actually a little bit too high. He didn't realize it. So it's a twin-engine Aztec. Okay, make that clear. So we're flying. Also, one of the engines cut out. So we're flying like this. And I'll never forget... I'm sitting like in a second row. My mom was at the same time. She jumped out of the front seat and she was sitting in the second row. We we're just talking. The engine, I can remember, it's like this and, and it cut out and it's just there. There you can see the prop. Nothing's going on, you know. And we're flying with one engine. My dad turns around to us and goes, uh, uh, I think it's time to pray. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so, so uh, you know, we started praying. Well, at that instant, he realized we were praying. At that instant, he realized we were up too high, and it was icing up the prop. And so he immediately dropped it uh, 10,000 feet. We got down there, and, and all of a sudden, about another 30 seconds, or that other engine started back up, you know. And we're finally like, oh, you know. And uh, I don't know how it was at the time. I don't know if I was 12 or 13 or whatever, but I didn't know what was going to happen did not know what was going to happen. But he knew who was in control. And with all its expertise, with instrument flight, thousands of hours of flying, he knew the very first thing to do before he did anything else, even though we we're all going on one engine and it looked like we were going to make it, he said, we need to pray. Now, the key in your life and my life is knowing that Jesus is always the one who keeps the door open. You know, it's amazing what he says to us, that we can come boldly through the throne of grace. We can go to him, the throne of grace, in the time of our need, and he will give us mercy and grace, and he will give us the answers that we need. I, I don't know where you're looking today for your answer. And even though as believers, we still, we live in this flesh and we try and figure it out ourselves, and know that Jesus holds all the keys. And that door, no matter what the devil tries to lie to you or say to you or discourage you and knock you down, Jesus still has the door open. He holds the keys to all eternity. It only makes sense, if I can say it that way to us spiritually today, that God brought you here just to let you know in this time that we've gathered that he is your answer, no matter how bad things are, no matter what they look like, when we see him, we see an open door. He is the ultimate authority for the good news in our life. He has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The same as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We all are going to be off this place someday. Whether I live or whether I die, 
I still believe who Jesus is, and I know where I'm going. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. You know, I, maybe if I've said this so many times as you're sitting here today, as you're watching, whatever it might be, that things have changed in just one week. How many times I used to hear my dad say that? What someone heard the last week, things have changed in just one week. But Jesus is still who he is. Whether it's in your home, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with you personally, whether it's with your job, whether you're lonely, whether you're discouraged, you're not sure what's going to happen, he always tells you the truth. He's always there to comfort you, and he gives you the keys, and he keeps the door open. The devil can't shut it. No matter what it is that you have to walk through, Jesus will walk with you. He will guide you. He will direct you. And the good news is the gospel that he saved us one day because of that. Whether we live or whether we die, we know we're going to be together forever. The Bible tells us as we close today, so whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The gospel, Jesus told Peter, upon this rock, upon himself, upon his death and his resurrection, he gives us eternal life. That's why we gather every week. We gather in hope. You say, what do I have to do, Dallas? All you have to do is pray that prayer. Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. I believe you died on a cross. You shed your blood for all of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me, Jesus, of all of my sins. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Father, we thank you today that we gather in hope. We know that you are our answer you're the ultimate authority. You have the keys to death, the hell, and the grave. And Father, no matter what the devil tries to tell us, no doesn't always mean no in this life. You're there with us. And we're here just as long as you want us to be. You'll guide us through what we need to get through. And Jesus, may we see you today no matter what is happening. Father, if there's someone here today that's been leads us in this closing verse, that if someone doesn't know you today, may they... Step out, accept you as their Savior, and know that you are their answer. You are the key to their life forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now.
and you can have heaven as your home, Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life and you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC. Or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services. And we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your Savior and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.